Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Notice in verse 6 now, he says, And out of the temple came the seven angels, having the seven plagues clothed in pure bright linen, and having their chests girded about with golden bands. I love that. The decree of judgment. Where does it come? It comes directly from the throne of God. The one who is almighty God. The one who is all powerful. The one who cannot be unseated. The one whose throne is set in heaven. There is no one, no one who's big enough to knock him off the mountain. Thank you all for joining us today on Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob concludes chapter 15 in the book of Revelation. In verse 6, the temple of the tabernacle refers to the heavenly reality of the tabernacle and not the earthly one. The angels bring God's judgment from this temple. It is significant that they came directly from the heavenly temple, which is from the presence and throne of God. They don't act in their own authority, but God's authority. Now let's open our Bibles to Revelation chapter 15, beginning in verse 6, and follow along with Pastor Rob. Much like the Old or the New Testament. I sometimes think of Zechariah as being a New Testament book. It's so clear in what it portrays there. It's an amazing thing that God gave to a man a long time before Jesus even came to the earth. But what does it say in Zechariah 14, beginning in verse 16? And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem. What that means is that the separation of the sheep and the goats has already occurred, right? At the beginning of the millennial reign. Does that make sense? The sheep and the goats, those nations have already been separated. And of those, notice, everyone who has left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the king. All nations are going to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. What? There's going to be feasts still going on in the, in the, new, in, in the, uh, in the millennial reign? Absolutely. Even sacrifices. <gasps> but I thought Jesus, his sacrifice was once and for all. Yeah, absolutely. That's all that was needed. But it tells us in Ezekiel and here in Zechariah that there's still going to be sacrifices going on not because they need to happen but they're going to be there for memorial to remember God's faithfulness and all of those things all of those feasts and what they stood for they're going to be there for memorial do you understand once and for all Jesus died on the cross there's no more sacrifices that need to happen it's all been done in him but in the millennial reign there will be sacrifices going on in memorial And you can read that yourself. You can read it. Start in Ezekiel chapter 
uh, 44 through 47 and read what we, what we read here. But notice that it says, It shall be that whichever the families of the earth do not come up to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, on them there will be no rain. And if the family of Egypt will not come up and enter in, they shall have no rain. It's almost like he's giving them a pre, uh, telling them in advance, because evidently there's going to be a problem, some kind of problem with Egypt during this time. And he's calling them out here well in advance. Isn't that interesting? I don't know if God really knows what he's talking about, do you? I mean, is he really omniscient? Does he really know all? Can he see the end from the beginning? I don't think so. I think he's just making it up. No, he's saying, no, this is going to happen. It's gonna, there's going to be a little squirm. There's going to be a little problem here, but I'm telling them now. And when they read it in the millennial reign, they're like, hmm. <laughs> Sorry, Lord. And he'll say, I accept your apology. If the family of Egypt will not come up and, and enter in, they shall have no rain. They shall receive the plague with which the Lord strikes the nations who do not come up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. This shall be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all the nations that do not come up to the Feast of Tabernacles. In that day, holiness to the Lord shall be engraved on the bells of the horses. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Imagine hearing that. Hearing the bells of the horses and to see holiness to the Lord inscribed on the bells of the horses. The pots in the Lord's house shall be like the bowls before the altar. Yes, every pot in Jerusalem and Judah shall be holiness to the Lord of hosts. Everyone who sacrifices shall come and take them and cook in them. In that day there shall be no longer a Canaanite in the, ho- in the house of the Lord of hosts. What does it say in Zechariah chapter 2? Just going back to the beginning of the book of Zechariah. In chapter 2, verse 10, it says, Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for behold, I am coming, and I will dwell in your midst. Does that sound like the, the millennial reign to you? It is. I will dwell in your midst, says the Lord. Many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day, and they shall become my people. And I will dwell in your midst. Isn't that what he promised? Isn't that what it says in the Bible? Do you believe the Bible? Do you believe what you see on YouTube? Be very careful. Folks, can I just say something? Be very careful. Seriously. YouTube, there's good things on YouTube, but there is a lot of mess on YouTube. Don't believe everything you see. Don't even believe everything you hear. Seriously. So much deception out there. It's worse than it's ever been. And it will continue. Do not listen to it. Cut the cable. Everybody go to Home Depot today and buy one of those pruning shears, the really sharp one made by Fiskars, and buy one and go outside to your house and look at that white cable that's attaching to the line and go, hmm, snap, you'll be the better for it. You'll be the better for it. Read your Bible. Stop spending so much time with social media and the news. And I got, I'm, as I'm saying that, I got three fingers on each finger pointing right back at me. But folks, the more we spend with Jesus, the greater joy, the greater witness we're going to be. The less we do, the worse off we're going to be. So you have to make the decision. I, I need to start making those decisions. Amen? Maybe you do too. I say that out of love. Okay? I say that out of love to you. For you. What does it say in Isaiah chapter 66, verse 22 and 23? For as the new, and this is 700 years BC, Isaiah writes this prophecy, 700 years BC, so we're looking at at least 2,700 years ago, he writes something. 
He says, For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will, which I shall, which shall re- I will make shall remain before me, says the Lord. So shall your descendants and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one noon, one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. Does that sound like the millennial reign? He's, he's drawing a comparison there. I mean, certainly the new heavens and the new earth are going to happen. But he says even before that, all flesh is going to come. Do we believe what we just read in Revelation here in our verse? All nations are going to come. They're going to come. They're going to come. There'll be no debating it. There'll be no going to the Supreme Court. After these things I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. You remember that before Moses built the tabernacle, God told him to make it according to the pattern of the one that was shown him on the mount. When he was on Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb, as he was given instruction, God says, I want to give you the plan, the blueprint for the tabernacle that I want you to make. And it's just like the one that's in glory. And he gives him the pattern of it. And this tabernacle of the testimony literally is where he's speaking of the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Covenant would be where the two tables of stone would be that would contain the Ten Commandments. That is what is meant here by the tabernacle of the testimony. And in the Old Testament, we see it named that very thing. I'll just give you one verse. In Exodus 38, notice, this is the inventory of the tabernacle, the tabernacle of the testimony. We just read it, didn't we? He's speaking of the same thing. He's speaking of the same thing. Notice in verse 6 now, he says, And out of the temple came the seven angels, having the seven plagues, clothed in pure bright linen, and having their chests girded about with golden bands. I love that. The decree of judgment. Where does it come? It comes directly from the throne of God, the one who is almighty God, the one who is all-powerful, the one who cannot be unseated, the one whose throne is set in heaven. There is no one, no one who's big enough to knock him off the mountain. He is the king of the mountain. Amen? He is the king of the mountain. Amen? Yes, he is. And notice, verse 7. Then one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls full of wrath. Notice, one of the four living creatures. How many are there? There's four. Just one of them. Here you go, guys. He's probably got a platter. Bowls of wrath. Here you go. Thank you very much. Where are the spoons? The angels, the seven, seven angels actually, seven angels give the four, one of the four living creatures give to the seven angels the bowls of wrath. And notice in verse eight, the temple was filled with smoke. Notice, underline the word smoke, and we'll, I'll show you why in just a moment. The temple was filled with smoke. What do you have when you have smoke? Does, doesn't that doesn't that presume that there's fire? Does smoke just occur? Or is there fire and then there's smoke? Something has to be on fire for there to be smoke, right? Smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no one was able to enter the temple in heaven till the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. There is a difference between smoke and the cloud or the Shekinah glory of God. you know the difference? If we just look at smoke, let's just look at a couple things and we'll finish up here. We're almost done. 
Smoke is, wherever there is smoke, there is first a fire. And fire is the symbol of God's judgment. It's the symbol of God's wrath. We've seen this in Exodus chapter 19, verse 8, when God was giving the Ten Commandments, or about to give the Ten Commandments to Moses. What does it say in Exodus 19, verse 18? It says, Now Mount Sinai was, complete, was completely in smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in what? In fire. In fire, its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. Why was it smoke? Was it because he was going to be delivering really good news? No, he was going to be delivering bad news. <laughs> the judgments, the commandments, are those good news? The commandments aren't good news, folks. <laughs> it's God's holy standard that we could never, that we could never do. We're condemned by those Ten Commandments, and rightly so. But didn't Jesus fulfill the law in his death and resurrection? In his death, didn't he fulfill it? Wasn't the price sufficient? Wasn't it paid? No longer a blood animal, no longer the sacrifice of an animal needed to be done. The one Lamb of God was sacrificed, and that was sufficient for God. It was a sweet savor unto God the Father. A sweet savor. In Isaiah chapter 6, notice when Isaiah was commissioned, it says, In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. Here Isaiah seeing a vision of the, of the same throne room that we're reading about today. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Wow. Can you imagine the glorious character and the, the scene of this? Oh, just let your, read these passages and let your mind just get carried away and forget about everything. Who needs a bubble bath? Who needs a cup of coffee? I mean, I would encourage you to have the coffee, especially if it's really good. But the comfort that comes from reading this almighty God and who he really is in his throne room. In the, king, in the year that King Uzziah, I saw the Lord sitting in it, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. Two he covered his face. Two he covered his feet. With two he flew, and one cried to one another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. To the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, I believe. Holy, holy, holy. The whole earth is full of his glory. Notice, and the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. Why smoke? Because the prophecy that was going to be given by God to Isaiah to tell Israel was not a good one. Judgment was coming when God speaks of when it speaks of smoke, it speaks of judgment because there's fire, like that sea of glass mingled with fire. It's not a good scene. What's coming afterward is very foreboding, very foreboding. But what about what about uh, what about the cloud? The cloud is a whole different thing. We read about it in Exodus chapter forty. Remember when the tabernacle was first put up. When they're in the desert, God gave them the plans. Moses and the Levites, they began building the tabernacle. I love that. And they build it up. And what does it say in Exodus 40, verse 34? It says, Then the cloud, the Shekinah glory of God, the very presence of God, a cloud, notice, not smoke, but the cloud of God, the Shekinah glory covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was unable to enter the tabernacle. Why? Because he was coughing and spitting because of the smoke? No. No smoke here. This is God's blessing. God's presence. Very different thing. Do you see the difference? 
the Shekinah glory, the very presence of God. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. One final verse, 1 Kings chapter 8, beginning in verse 10. This is when Solomon, Solomon built the temple. Remember, David could not build the temple. God says, David, you can't build the temple. You're a man of blood. And so David says, well, if I can't build the temple, I'm going to raise the cash to get it done. And God says, okay. So the rest of David's life was consumed in preparing the materials for this temple that God had told him to build. In fact, God gave to David the blueprint. And he said, let your son do it. You can give him the blueprint. You can prepare everything for him. But you give it into his hands. Say, son, you take that. And here, by the way, here are some really great guys. Bezalel and Aholiab. Take these guys. They're gifted in everything. They're like, they're like our, our brother John <laughs> and other men in the body who are really gifted in what they do. Take those two guys. They're going to help complete it. They'll be the overseers of it, and it's going to be a glorious thing. You do it. And it says in 1 Kings 8, verse 10, it says, And it came to pass that when the priests, after they had finished building the Solomon's temple, the first temple, when the priests came out of the holy place, notice that the cloud filled the house of the Lord, the Shekinah glory, the very presence of God, not smoke, because there's no judgment here. This is God's presence And how I love the thought of God's presence. Don't you want God's presence? Did you know that you can have God's presence in, the, in light of the difficulties that we're facing today? We're still going to meet, folks. We're going to meet. There's an occupancy thing on the back of, our, of, the, of the behind the sound booth. You know what it says the occupancy of this room is? 634 people. Do you see 634 people here this morning? Right now we're supposed to be at 50%. I am going on a tangent, I know that. But 634, you divide that in half, that's still 317 people. We could add another 200 people here, and guess what? We would still be compliant with what's going on right now. Even if they probably said 25%, we would still be compliant. So keep coming. Wear your mask, wash your hands, take your vitamin C, (laughs) take care of yourself, do the right things. But God help us. Let's continue to meet. Let's not let any of the nonsense keep us away ever again. I don't know about you, but I've had it. And I may be in the flesh. It's possible. I mean, it's possible any time, but... What I'm saying right now, I really don't want us to close down again. I don't think it's necessary. Not for this. If the bubonic plague broke out, now that I've mentioned it, maybe they'll make it happen. Because they want to shut everything down. To reset, a global reset. Doesn't that sound great? Doesn't that sound great? The whole world will be as one. Give me a break. It's not God's plan. That plan is going to be judged. I can tell you that with all assurance. And it's coming. Just a matter of time. We're being very well prepared for it. But God's presence, I want to get back to that. Even in the midst of all this stuff that we're going through, ask the Lord to meet you 
and he will meet you. And you can be like Paul and Silas in the Philippian jail in Acts 16. You can be in the worst of circumstances and you can be singing hymns at midnight. Amen? Amen? Because, listen, things aren't going to get better. The Bible doesn't say they're going to get better. It's not going to get better. But you and I can get better. (laughs) And our lives can shine for the glory of Christ right up to the very end, whenever that is, until the Lord takes us. But that doesn't mean that we lay down and roll over and play dead. When I remember when COVID hit, and just bear with me for another few moments, and we'll get out of here, I promise. I remember when I, we came back from Israel in March, March 12th, it was on a Thursday, I believe. We got back and then had Friday and Saturday to figure out how we can get the church online, because I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I didn't want to just cancel the service on Sunday morning. And let me tell you, that was a hard, one of the hardest moments of my life with all the technical things that I never had to consider before. And now we gotta, we, we got to do this, or you know, we got to do this quickly. And everyone was doing the same thing, and you, you, you're put on hold. Everybody's doing it, you know. But even then, the presence of God, and I love how he worked and how he's still doing things. Never give up on him and seek him out. Seek him out. Seek the Lord while he may be found, even for us as Christians. And if you're here this morning and you never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have to do it today. You have to do it today. Do not leave. Find someone. You can, I'll, I'll be glad to pray with you, but pray with somebody. Say, you know what? I've heard this, and I am a little uneasy about the way things are going, but I know God is good, and I want him because he wants you. He wants you more than you want him. Isn't that amazing? He loves you, folks. He is not done. You keep your eyes focused on him. And until he returns, or until death take us, let's be about our Father's business. Let's be about serving him, glorifying him, doing the right things, walking a life in purity before him. In everything, every aspect of our life, let him search you with his flashlight, with his golden with his golden light. Let him take it and consume your whole being and say, is there any darkness in me? Like David, Lord, search me and try me. See if there be any wicked way in me. And then lead me in the path of righteousness. Lead me in the way of righteousness. Oh God, save, preserve Heal and revive the church, Lord. We don't need to be saved so much as, but it's interesting. the The word, you know, we're saved, but we still need to be saved. Does that make sense? That's how great that word is to be saved in Christ. He, he saved you. It's a done deal. But you're also needing to be saved. Every single day of my life, I want to be saved. But ultimately, I know that I'm going to be saved. That's the tense of the word. It's, uh, it's very big. So let's stand together. Be encouraged. Be encouraged and seek the Lord. And say, Lord, pour your spirit out upon me. As I'm reading this psalm this morning, Lord, pour it out on me. Pour it out on me. Flood my life with everything you've got, Lord. I want everything you've got. Pour it upon my head like a torrent of water, like Niagara Falls. Can you imagine sitting at the base of Niagara Falls and those millions and billions of gallons of rushing water just rushing right over? Say, Lord, just toast me in it. Pickle me in it. Marinate me in your presence, Lord. 
I want to just sit there and I want to receive all that you have and I want to be pickled. You want to be pickled? Let the Lord saturate you today, all throughout this week. Father, we thank you for this time together. We pray that, Lord, you do that. You'd pickle us. Saturate us completely with your love, with your grace. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our journey through the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.